0: Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, Uh, let's
1: get ready to rumble! Stupid idiots. Such a matcha thong wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This is Monday Night Raw! This is It's WrestleRant Radio. What's going on guys and welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio here today for July 27th, 2017. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. So right here at the end of last week's episode on WrestleRant Radio, I promised you part two of my candid conversation with the one, the only, John Knapp, at underscore John Knapp on the Twitter machine. Uh, We spent the first part of our podcast talking the current state of WWE, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Battleground, SummerSlam plans, stuff along those lines. Uh, part two, rather, talked about the future of WWE. Talked about a lot about SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, general manager mode that we did uh, a brief, you know, recap of in the first part of the podcast. You know, talking about the recent pay per view that we booked in the game. But part two goes much more in depth with how we book things, our thought process. Never before seen behind the scenes—not footage, but commentary—from John and I talking our uh, booking process of SVR07GM mode. So we talked quite a bit about that in part two of the podcast, which was going to air today on WrestleRant Radio. And on top of that, I was going to have on for the first time in about two years or so at Marlon, the man from Twitter, Marlon Phillips. He is indeed the man. He's fucking awesome. Uh, we are going to talk about the Battleground pay per view. And I was going to do about a 30 minute recap of that at most, and then have about an hour and a half episode today of Rant Radio, which is a bit longer than the norm, but you know, it was going to be a stacked show. Marlon and I, because the conversation was so great, we had such an awesome time talking about and ranting on and really reviewing and trying to give a positive take, which was difficult, but uh, really going in depth with our thoughts on Battleground from last Sunday, The conversation went over well over an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm going to be airing that today instead, which I'm, you know, no complaints here. The conversation is amazing, the review is great, and we talk quite a bit about not only Battleground, but the current state of WWE, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, we talk about some booking plans for SummerSlam, and even WrestleMania 34, we really go all over the place, some of the worst pay-per-views in the past number of years. So uh, it's a really, really fun time. I'm sure you guys are going to love it as much as we did talking about it. So that is airing on today's Wrestle Rant Radio. Next week, I will bring you part two of the podcast with John talking about, as I mentioned, the future of WWE and our uh, commentary, our analysis of the booking process that we do in SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 general manager mode. But in the meantime, and in between time, folks, check out our ranting review from Marlon and I from Battleground on Sunday, as well as our analysis of the current state of WWE, Raw, SmackDown, really everything going on in the world of wrestling today. Enjoy, folks. All right, folks, we're days removed from Battleground on Sunday back here on Wrestle Rant Radio to do just that rant about wrestling, specifically Battleground on Sunday now. But I'm not flying solo here today for the first time in many years, making his... I don't think I am th- pretty sure you've been on WrestleRant Radio before. I think it was a few years back. I had you want to talk about Raw, but for the first time in quite some time to say the least, we got Marlin. Marlin, how you doing my friend?
0: I'm doing great, man. Always good to be
1: on with you. And your Twitter handle is at Marlin the Man, am I correct? That is correct. Cool. People can follow you on the Twitter machine there for uh, any thoughts and pretty much anything. You get some golden tweets, my friend, so people can check you out on the Twitter machine right there. But uh, so I wanted to have you on the show to talk about Battleground from Sunday because I know you watched the show. I know we were going to do this a few weeks ago for Great Balls of Fire, and it's really a tale of two shows because if we had done this a few weeks ago, uh, well, I'll get your quick thoughts here on that show just because it might be different. Did you enjoy Great Balls of Fire or did you overly enjoy? What were your thoughts on that pay per view?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way as most people. Great Balls of Fire was uh, just a stark contrast to Battleground. It was a wonderful show. I really enjoyed the show, top to bottom. Uh, Great main event. I even liked the angle with Roman and Braun, the ambulance stuff. So just compared to Battleground, I mean, night and day.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the funny thing is about Great Balls of Fire is that it was a raw pay-per-view. And the weird thing over the past year or so since the brand split really started was that the SmackDown shows have traditionally been stronger. Um, but now it really seems like the tide has turned. I'm not really sure what happened, whether the Raw writers or the SmackDown writers rather went to Raw and the shakeup they did at the WrestleMania, but not that Raw is like absolutely amazing, like attitude area level, like unpredictable and shit, but it seems to be a lot more bearable than SmackDown. That seems to be, uh, at least recently anyway, and that seemed to be solidified on Sunday with Battleground. Like you said, great balls, great balls of fire. Awesome show. Start to finish. So I'm sure if we had you on two weeks ago, we would be raving about that about that show. But uh, really, like you said, a stark contrast. I could not have said any better myself with Battleground on Sunday Live, I think from Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure they're in... Was it, do you know if it was in Philly or Pittsburgh? I think it might have been in Pittsburgh. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah.
0: Battleground was
1: Philly. Philly. Okay, then they're in Pittsburgh next Monday for Raw. I always get the two mixed up. But yeah, they were in Philly last night. And it's so weird because they had the Rumble there a few years ago, and obviously very well documented. That was the year that Roman won the Rumble. They were very loud, very raucous, and and booing Roman Reigns and anyone else. It was not Daniel Bryan. And uh, on this show, they were dead quiet. I mean, aside from a few points like such as the opener, which we'll talk about momentarily, the tag team title match, which was awesome. But beyond that, just a very dull show. Which really, I think Battleground would have gone down as like a mediocre show, like a whatever show, had it not been for those final two matches. And I'm not talking about Sami Zay Mike Kanellis, but rather the, the flag match, in my opinion, as well as the main event, the Punjabi prison match. Uh, two of the worst gimmick matches in history, both on one show, and both were atrocious. So we'll get to that momentarily. But before we even get into match-by-match match here on general thoughts on the show... Uh, or general thoughts in each match. What were your overall thoughts, Marlon? What were your biggest takeaways coming out of Battleground on Sunday?
0: Well, like I said to you earlier before we got on, I mean, I think my thoughts are pretty similar to most people's. I mean, it was a one-match show, and overall, really, a waste of three hours. The flag match, like you just mentioned, was probably one of the worst gimmick matches I've ever seen. And the Punjabi prison match, I mean, we can get into the ending in a little bit when we actually talk about it, but... uh if a match and an angle make me audibly laugh, there's something going on that's <laughs> not proper with this show because I was just so burnt out by the end of it that I was just bored looking at my phone half the match. Um, I can't imagine what it was like for the people in the audience because they couldn't see any of it. Mm-hmm. And then when the ending rolls around, I'm literally laughing out loud. So there's something <laughs> wrong with the show quality overall. If That's how it's going to end.
1: I think you summed it up in, and uh, perfectly in a hundred, you know, less than one hundred and forty characters on Twitter uh, coming out of the show on Sunday was that what a waste of three hours in watching that show and I could not agree more. And this is someone I'm, I'm a diehard fan here. I watch all the friggin' shows. I watch all the pay per views, and I just there was really nothing to pick apart from that show that was really all that good except from the opener. Like you said, those last two matches were comically bad. Like they had me laughing as well, especially when uh, you know who came out, which we'll talk about towards the end. But it was just that fucking bad. It was terrible. And I tweeted right after the show that I typically like to pick out the positives. Like, I, there's a lot of people that will go on their podcast or whatever and just shit on wrestling. You know, this fucking sucks. SmackDown sucks. Raw sucks. The whole company sucks and whatever. And I try to move away from that and be positive about wrestling, specifically WWE, when many people aren't. But um, it just it, it's hard to do that with a show like this. It's like... I mean of all the shows they've had this year and it feels like they've had a thousand but this was by far the worst if only for those last two matches. So again we'll get to that momentarily. But let's let's start with the positive. Speaking of the positive We'll do some PMA here with that opening match. The tag team titles were on the line. The New Day and the Usos. Very well known that these guys have great chemistry together. And that was no different on this show. Very awesome opening match. The crowd was into it. A lot of cool near falls. One of them, which should, probably should have been the finish, but the New Day went over, so I can understand why it wasn't. Uh, which was when, I think one of the... I forgot which one of the Usos. Maybe Jey or J, I don't know. But one of the Usos had a super kick out of nowhere on Xavier Woods as he was going for his first finish here, which was great. Got him a close two count. They hit their Samoan splash finish here. That got him a close two count. Ultimately, in the end, the new day, the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and are now in their third reign as Tag Team Champions, including the reigns as uh, Raw Tag Team Champions from a few years ago as well. So, great match. A semi surprising finish. I kind of thought they would hold off till SummerSlam, but. You know the crowd liked it. It was the only good thing in the whole show, so it's probably for the better that the New Day won. But, uh, Marlon, what was your uh, thoughts? What were your thoughts on the tag title match opening battleground?
0: Yeah, I mean, I like you was also a little bit surprised to see the New Day go over in the first pay per view match between them. I thought they would hold off as well. Um, I don't mind it. I'm happy to see them with the titles. You know, they uh, got a little bit stale there for a while, and uh, I think they've kind of rejuvenated their act, not by doing any drastic changes, but uh i feel like they're still getting uh, pretty good reactions and i was shocked that the super kick wasn't the finish of the match i thought that was a missed call and then when they went for the samoan splash finisher as well and that still wasn't the finish i knew right there i'm like oh new day must absolutely be going over um mm-hmm. otherwise it was a wonderful match like i got nothing just bad to say about it um if the usos would have won and the super kick spot wasn't a uh, Finished, then maybe that would be the only complaint but i mean the fact like you said that the new day ended up going over i mean i guess it was necessary but uh overall it was a wonderful match and that was like one of the best spots i've seen in all year so mm-hmm. uh, just to have that in the match and then the match overall being so great i was uh, really excited for the whole show overall i thought it was going to end up being like a diamond in the rough type of show one that you had low expectations for mm-hmm. and ended up blowing them out of the water um but I was sorely mistaken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sadly, I think we all were coming out of that show, which we'll get to uh, towards the end there. But uh, yeah, the match itself, like you said, was wonderful. really could not sum it up any better than that. Uh, Just a lot of cool near falls, and it's not often that you see so many near falls in a tag team title match. And there is such thing as a WWE style where I think Nakamura and Baron Corbin, which wasn't a bad match. It was a pretty good match. But it's very WWE style. A lot of headlocks, a lot of a lot of rest holds, a lot of that kind of dead shit until they start to pick up the pace towards the end. And this match, kind of similar at the beginning, but those final 5-10 minutes or so were really, really good. But the whole match on the whole was awesome. The entire match was great for 13-14 minutes. These two teams just beating the holy hell out of each other. The New Day going over. The crowd loved it. Um, like you said, we kind of see that with other companies, like, I've seen it with, like, Ring of Honor, New Japan and shit, where you'll, you'll see this awesome fucking spot, like, holy shit, and then someone will kick out of it, and then the match will end on, like, a roll-up or something. Like yeah, they don't... it only really made me think of Ring of Honor. Yeah, right? It felt like yeah, a Ring of Honor-esque is. spot. And they do that all that, they just do it all the time, which isn't a terrible thing, but when it's over, down to the point, like, okay, you need to, that, the match should have ended there, you know, like you said, it's just a minor gripe, was, but, um. It was only the one spot, too, mm-hmm. right? It's not yeah, that's exactly. A lot of other companies, specifically Ring of Honor, does that where it's like ten spots where they're like literally like shooting each other with guns. Okay, maybe not literally, but they like shoot each other and the guy kicks that. It's like wow, the match really should have ended there and it didn't. But uh, like you said, gr- great match. Um, and I'll ask you this before we move on too: Where do you think they go from here? So obviously the new, uh, the Usos have a rematch, which I'm sure we'll probably get at SummerSlam. It's only less than four weeks away, so they'd be remiss to not do a rematch at SummerSlam. But beyond that, where do you go? I mean, we have New Day, we have Usos, they broke up American Alpha, they have Brazongo, but they're doing their own little thing right now, which we'll get to momentarily, they had a little other little segment on the show, Um, they have American Alpha, they're they're broken up rather, Uh, the Hypros might be breaking up soon, so they don't really have many babyface tag teams, nor do they really have many heel tag teams either, the villains are gone too, the Ascension are just absolutely awful. And there's been rumors of Eric Rowan and Luke Harper maybe getting back together, maybe doing something as a tag team, so maybe they could do that. Um, But beyond that, once this feud runs its course for as good as it has been, what do you think is next for the tag team division on SmackDown?
0: Well, this answer is not going to be very good radio by any means, but (laughs) I do not know i have no idea what they could possibly do the only thing to do is a rematch at SummerSlam, and then like you said there's no other tag teams there's no american alpha which would be okay if they would have done something with them over the last year um Mm -hmm. harper and rowan if they get back together and they're not already busy feuding with another team i i they're gonna have to form a haphazard tag team with two random guys and do an awesome job of it probably because who are the New Day going to face other than the Usos every pay-per-view.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what they ran into the American Alpha for a long time. It seemed like they were feuding with the Usos for like 6-7 months. And I mean they had great matches like the New Day and the Usos do too, but there there comes a certain point where you can only see a match so many times despite how good it is and hopefully they don't ruin a good thing by having these guys feud till the end of time. But yeah, they don't really have many tag teams. I forgot the Colones who are completely forgettable. But I think one of them's injured too, anyway, so it doesn't even really matter. But yeah, they
0: don't but... even have any teams that they could steal from Raw because who do they have on Raw? There's no Enzo and Cass anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Heath Slater and Rhino, but we've, we've already
1: seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They they've really they, the tag team tag team wrestling in this company this year has been really. Something else, because they've broken up by this point, maybe four or five teams. I saw a picture the other day that someone shared on Twitter that had all the tag teams that broke up this year. I mean, I, I mentioned the VOD villains, but one of them got released, so that's why they're gone. But yeah, Enzo and Cast, Golden Truth, American Alpha. Um, I'm sure there was one more. The Hypros might be splitting up soon. Good I know course. the clones are hurt. So uh, they, they they got a bunch of teams that broke up. So they, they need to be making more tag teams, like you said. Like you said, maybe they put two singles guys together. I'm not really sure what they do. Even,
0: there's not even anyone to call from NXT at the moment. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's no DIY. Uh, Authors of Pain are obviously not that, coming up. In-
1: yeah, yeah, DIY was the other one, yeah.
0: Um, I did see someone saying that uh, Tino Sabatelli and...
1: Uh, Riddick Moss, other- right?
0: Yeah, they might mm-hmm. be called up, but I mean that's they're pretty green
1: even in NXT. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, I saw that same thing that they might be called up to do the thing with uh, Brazongo, which I guess we'll talk yeah. about now too, because that has to do with tag teams too. Um, I mean, that, I mean, it would be a new tag team, but like you said, they're super green. They've had maybe three or four matches on TV in NXT from what I've seen. They're not they're not terrible, but they're they're not good, really, at, yet anyway, at this point. And that's what NXT is for, for people to get better. It's developmental at the end of the day. I've seen people say sanity, maybe, but it looks like they're doing something with author, Authors of Pain at the TakeOver show. And I mean, that, it's not its not out of the ordinary for people to be doing both the main roster and NXT at the same time, but um, I don't know. I feel like it's too early for them, too. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'll ask you right now. Who do you think is behind the Brazongo mystery? Do you think it is Rowan and Harper, we did see uh, Fondango be dragged out of the backstage area during that segment. Do you have any thoughts or any speculation as to who could be behind that?
0: No, I think it's just going to be Harper and Rowan, which is fine. It's kind of because it is a little bit something different. At least it's not the Ascension. I mean, that would (laughs) have been the disappointment of all disappointments. But yeah, Harper and Rowan, I mean, it's fine. It's Fine to have them back together i do think it's a waste of luke harper who had so much momentum going into wrestlemania and now he's just fallen off the face of the earth
1: but Mm -hmm.
0: i mean it's better than nothing it's another team we just complained about there being no teams and at least they're putting something together so Mm -hmm. if that is the case i mean i'm fine with it but it could be something more interesting like a sanity i would actually care about it then but yeah i don't know it's better than nothing i mean i am still enjoying brizongo so something for them to do is fine with me
1: yeah, exactly. They're a good little tag team. They're not in the tag title picture right now. They just finished up a few months ago. But it's it's cool for some you know, to keep them busy with a kind of secondary few that's not over the championships. But uh yeah, like you said, Harper and Rowan would be fine. I mean, they always worked well together as a tag team. Rowan I could not care less about on his own, but like you said, Luke Harper really had breakout potential. Um, especially going into WrestleMania, like you said, with all the momentum that he had before he it looked like he was gonna go for the WWE title and they took him they took him out of the match, whatever. But um, anyway, so yeah, hopefully they do something with him on his own eventually, but it's been so many months at this point. It's like anything just to get him back on TV, I guess, would be nice. So I guess we'll see where that goes. Um, But we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin on the show as well. Decent match, really not much more to say about it than that. Um, Nakamura won by DQ after Corbin got himself intentionally DQ'd with a... uh, Or Nakamura won by DQ after Corbin got himself DQ'd with a low blow. And that was about it. Corbin came back out, beat up Nakamura, and it looks like the feud's not over. Um, I mean, the, the, I guess you continue it going into SummerSlam? I'm not really sure. So uh, any any thoughts on this, Marlon? Where do you see this feud playing out in the coming months? Do you see Nakamura eventually taking the briefcase, maybe, from Baron Corbin? Uh,
0: I don't see him taking the briefcase. I think that's Corbin's uh, briefcase to cash in. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the match, there wasn't a whole lot going on. I actually don't mind the finish uh, of... Corbin getting himself DQ'd you know it doesn't uh, pin either of them which I understand why but I did think that if someone was going to lose it would be Baron Corbin because they've uh, traditionally done in the past you know they beat the briefcase holder because it doesn't matter to them right he'll cash in and then it's all good but um, I would have liked to see him win with by hitting him with the briefcase or something rather than the low blow because I mean a big man like that shouldn't be winning against a smaller guy with a low blow, just in my opinion. But I don't I don't absolutely hate it, but the match was fine. It just, you expect a little bit more when you're watching a Nakamura match. It's not his fault, but it mm-hmm. just wasn't anything exciting, not much to say about it. But uh, as far as the feud goes, yeah, I mean, I guess you could do uh, some kind of no-DQ match or something at uh, SummerSlam, something for the briefcase. But I do ultimately think that Corbin would... Uh, keep, up, keep the briefcase. I don't know who would win the feud, but I think uh, I don't think that briefcase is going anywhere, which I'm fine with.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, I don't know if I'm in the minority. I have seen some Baron Corbin fans out there, but I'm a big supporter of eventually putting the ballot on him. Right now is not that time. I'm very glad he did not cash in on this show, as had been teased coming into the pay-per-view. But, um, yeah, I've seen some people say that the plan, I mean, I don't know where this plan talk is coming from. I've heard no one credible report it, but Uh, that Nakamura would eventually take the briefcase from Baron Corbin, which is just absolutely asinine, if only because if you're going to have Nakamura become Mr. Money in the Bank, then why wouldn't you have done it in the first place? Why would you give it to Baron Corbin just to give it back to Nakamura? That'd be stupid, so...
0: Yeah, and he's the kind of guy that should be winning the title in a real match. Corbin, Mm -hmm. he is a big monster heel type, but I don't mind him winning with the briefcase because he is, you know, a dirty heel, but I, I don't think Nakamura gains much by winning it with the briefcase. I think he's really got to win that title in a knockdown drag out 30 minute match or something and people will really appreciate it.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. So I would hope that um yeah that coming out of this feud Baron and Corbin will still be restored in the bank and I'm sure they won't put the briefcase on the line. It's very it's very rare that they do in feuds like this. I mean Friggin' Damien Sandow lost matches to you know Santino Morella and he never ended up winning the briefcase after you know he after he beat Damien Sandow years ago. So I would hope that they would keep it on Corbin. I mean, I'd be fine, like you said, if they did a no DQ match at SummerSlam or something along those lines, and Nakamura could win without the briefcase being on the line, and then Corbin could cash in later on. But um, yeah, just now is not That'd the time to do that. Baron Corbin
0: pinning Nakamura. Yeah. Doesn't bother me that much if it's in some kind of match like that where mm-hmm. they do have an hour where he just absolutely beats the hell out of him with a chair or something like really tears him apart. But as long as they're keeping the briefcase on him, I'm fine with that because I do like him as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be pissed like, oh my god, why would Baron Corbin beat Chinsky and Nakamura? Makes no sense. I would personally keep him undefeated for a while longer. I mean, having him lose to Baron Corbin isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not like he's losing to Aiden English or something. But, I mean, they could have worse people for him to lose to. But Nakamura, I think, has only beaten, not beaten, has lost to, I think, in NXT. He hasn't lost yet in the main roster. But he only lost to Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode, I think, in NXT in the, in the past yeah, year and a half. I'm, so, I'm not
0: saying I want him to
1: lose, Yeah. yeah
0: like, I just wouldn't.
1: Over it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Same here. So it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. But I, I would keep him undefeated until the AJ match, which I'll ask you right now, too. I know we got Owens and AJ coming up. But um, do you think, and, and personally, I'll just say this before we get started, that I think they should hold off on AJ and, Shins- and Shinsuke. I know there were reports a while ago, and fans hoping they would do it at SummerSlam, which granted is the second biggest stage next to WrestleMania, but at this point, after this finish, and after AJ losing the title doing AJ and Nakamura at this point would just be completely random and completely rushed especially with the pay-per-view literally in 4 weeks less than 4 weeks away. So I would hope they're not doing it anytime soon and hold off until WrestleMania. They would they would have to hold off until WrestleMania, but do you think that we see the continuation of this feud as opposed to getting Nakamura and AJ at SummerSlam next month?
0: Well, like like you're saying if you would ask me maybe at the beginning of the year I would have been fine with AJ and Shinsuke at uh, SummerSlam, because if it's not going to be at WrestleMania, it has to be at SummerSlam. You can't be doing that at TLC or, you know, a Battleground or something like mm-hmm. that. But at this point, no, they can't be putting that on at SummerSlam. It would be such a waste. You need a good, solid build-up. Uh, I would love, absolutely love to see that match at WrestleMania. Uh, AJ Styles is my favorite wrestler, and Shinsuke Nakamura and him would just be, I mean easily match of the night no question i think that's got to be for the title so i think yeah you just keep going along with this feud it's just kind of a placeholder feud for both it feels like uh for corbin and uh nakamura it doesn't really feel like there's a long-term plan there for either guy so just hold off on that match until wrestlemania season and like many people i do hope it's for the wwe championship as well
1: I think it would have to be. I mean, I mean, I guess you could do it without the championship. But really, when you look at the SmackDown roster, which is significantly weaker than it was prior to the shakeup, there really isn't like that money match that people are like, "Oh my god, that needs to happen at WrestleMania!" Like people are just dying to see. Other than maybe like Nakamura and Cena, or maybe Orton and AJ, which should have happened this past year, they went with Orton and White instead, which sucked. But anyway, so they could do Nakamura and AJ for the title. That makes the most sense to me. Um, hopefully they get the they belt back on AJ sooner rather than later because Mahal has just been a massive failure. Yeah, and
0: I'd be a way I'd like to see it play out. Just this is just kind of off the top of my head. Is not that I'm advocating this necessarily, but you can have Cena beat Jinder Mahal for his 17th title, which has been kind of reported before. Mm-hmm. And then I would have him hold it until like the Rumble, and then you can have Nakamura win it at the Rumble, and AJ win the Rumble, and that's how you set that up, which I would love to see.
1: That wouldn't be bad. I would like to see that. That would not be bad at all. Then you get
0: Nakamura and AJ and Nakamura and Cena, so...
1: True, Yes. So we can get Nakamura and Cena. And Cena, I know, has said that uh, he's... I I don't think he's retiring anytime soon, but the reason he said he became a free agent was because he was... uh, Now that he's a part-timer and blah, 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 and he wants to do all the matches that he can while he can, whatever, but... Yeah, no, that'd be, I think Cena and Nakamura, I mean, that that's another one that doesn't have to happen at WrestleMania, like AJ Nakamura, but I think it's a step right below, where you should not be doing it at, like, a TLC pay-per-view, or you should not yeah. be doing it at yeah, yeah. Backlash. Like, it doesn't make much sense. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be perfect, but, uh, yeah, so you get that match, too, and the Nakamura... Well, then you could from- have, like, a Cena versus
0: Roman Reigns or something, if they do hold off on doing Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania. I mean, you could start to put together a pretty solid card.
1: Yeah, I mean as of right now, I I said earlier, I said a, a couple of days ago on Twitter, I think the best possible card for WrestleMania right now, as many other people have said too, that for SmackDown for the WWE title, you get Nakamura and AJ, which as you just kind of laid out there would be perfect. And then on Raw, and that that's kind of like the hardcore match, like the match that us, you know, hardcore fans would love to see. And another match which I don't think Hardcore fans would hate. If anything, I think there's general interest there. There's genuine interest there uh, for for the raw title, for the universal title that I think a lot more casual fans would want to see. You get Roman Reigns and John Cena. Now, how you get to that point between now and then, I have no idea. I mean, we have a, you know nine months or whatever, but I think that'd be a good uh, a good headlining match for Raw with Cena and Roman, and then you have AJ and Nakamura on SmackDown. So we'll those see are it.
0: fine top two matches. I mean, if you close the show with Cena and Reigns, I don't I don't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second to last match, yeah, AJ and Nakamura's. Beat, that sounds like a great top two matches to me. I mean, you have like a Braun versus a Brock match or something, big Hoss match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Start to put together a pretty solid card.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there, Kit, considering who they have on tap with who they have. I mean, you got Kurt Angle in there too. If they do Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan, I mean, it doesn't sound like much right now. But if they build up Jason Jordan to that point, they have him turn heel on Kurt. That's another solid upper mid card match for the shows. I mean, even right now there's potential. And I mean we say that every year, like in the summer before WrestleMania and then WrestleMania comes around and
0: John Cena versus the Miz (laughs) uh, proposed after the match. So
1: Exactly. Then you just get these random ass matches like I mean like you get Undertaker versus Shane McMahon last year like why why did that need to happen like that just it's stupid I mean it was cool that Shane came back but it's like why would that need to happen or or John only, Cena versus The Miz
0: You kind of compare that show to Battleground the only good part of the entire night was one spot
1: Yeah really it really was WrestleMania 32 I mean I thought this was yeah. worse than that but yeah WrestleMania 32 was was still for a WrestleMania pretty pretty abysmal um but, yeah, they, they always, like, oh, we could say right now, like, this would be an amazing card for WrestleMania. And it's not unrealistic either. It's not like we're saying, oh, my God, they should bring in, I'm not even sure who else there is they haven't already brought back.
0: Right? We're not asking for Kenny Omega versus CM Punk they, in the main
1: event. That, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying here, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Omega, CM Punk for both the WWE and Universal title right now, WrestleMania. It's like, no, Forever we're not. Iron. Yeah, no, a, a, a three-hour Ironman match for the entire show. No, like this is realistic shit we're talking about here, and they wouldn't even do that because they have their own agenda. And maybe it sometimes exceeds the expectations. WrestleMania, that the build wasn't amazing, but the show is pretty good. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, so uh, going back to Battleground, which I hate to do because the rest of the show was not good. But for the women's match, for the uh, the women's match we got here, the Fatal Five Way Elimination bout to determine the number one contender to Naomi's SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, yeah, Natalya, Charlotte, Tamina, uh, Lana, and Becky Lynch. The match was fine. The thing I hate with these type of matches, with the elimination style, which eliminations are appreciated, but the way that they're done just bothers me to no end, where they wait like 9 to 10 minutes to do an elimination, and then it's boom, 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 like they're all gone, back to back to back to back. Like Becky, Lana, and Tamina were all gone within literally like 30 seconds of each other. And then Natalia and Charlotte went back and forth. They have good chemistry. They had a good match. And shockingly, Natalia won. I, I guess that was... Uh, the money was on her and the betting odds. I didn't see that, so I was genuinely shocked to see her win. Um, but yeah, it's Natalia and Naomi for the title at SummerSlam. There's a lot of mixed opinions here from a lot of people. I saw some people say, oh, well, Natalia deserves it. It should be a good match, blah, blah, blah. Uh, personally, I, I honestly could not care less. They have not given me a reason to care about Natalia for at least five years. I mean, the girl deserves it, but... I mean, Zack Ryder deserves to be WWE champion. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean he should be. Like it doesn't really make much sense to me. Uh, Natalia, she's good, but they've just done absolutely nothing with her for such a long time, whereas Charlotte or even Becky would be better choices to have that match at SummerSlam. So, um anyway, again the match was what it was. The outcome I wasn't a huge fan of, but uh Marlon, what what did you think?
0: Well, I feel definitely the same way about the uh Quick Eliminations. That's something I I just can't came to expect watching that match. Um, as far as the match overall, uh, it's really funny that you say all that stuff about Natalia because there's been she's been in like so many of these like you know elimination matches or title number one contender matches stuff like that over mm-hmm. the years. And when she came out during the match, I just thought in my head, I'm like, it's funny that Natalia is always in these matches, but she's never, ever going to win. And she and you finally won, again, yeah. I'm like, she is the one person I would never, ever, ever choose to win this match. Like, mm-hmm. I would think Lana would win it before her. Yep. So when she won, I was kind of shocked. I wasn't, like, pissed off by any means. But like you said, they give you absolutely no reason to care. I mean, I guess it's because she's a heel i guess mm-hmm. that they're putting her against naomi but i thought the money would really be in obviously charlotte versus naomi or becky versus naomi you can do a face versus face match who cares right mm-hmm. and they'd both be far superior matches i'm sure so it was just kind of funny to see natalia actually get one and it's not like it's this big moment for her where she finally wins the big one it's just kind of like oh, oh okay
1: and,
0: you know, <laughs> surprised and Kind of disappointed, really. So, yeah, I thought it was a fine match, I guess. But yeah, just the the WWE formula of just boom, 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 eliminations, and then Natalia just winning it just kind of made me just kind of go meh.
1: Yeah, it was bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. I don't know. It was just again. I mean, like you said, it was not the worst. Like I would have been pissed if Tamina or, Lada, if Tamina or Lada won, because they fucking suck. They are awful. Natalia is at least very good in the ring. So I mean, it's it's not the worst yeah. thing they can do. So again, Italian Naomi could be a good match, but like you said, I mean, it's kind of like the it's it's almost like the reverse of what we were talking about just moment just you know moments ago, with um, Nakamura and AJ. In regards to that's too big of a match to do at a battleground or a No Mercy or a TLC whatever, but an Italian Naomi is almost the reverse, where it's like too small to do at SummerSlam. It seems yeah, like yeah, that
0: should be at a No Mercy, you know, like yeah, like, out of the way, but.
1: Like that—that's that's what they should have right. done on this show. Like th- th- yeah. this show n- should have had a one. Like Naomi has defended her title maybe a few times since WrestleMania. That's how long she's been champion. But you would I mean, never know.
0: Just done this match. You could give it a one-week buildup and whatever. Tell- you could have done the five-way match on SmackDown. Yeah. Natalia versus Naomi this pay-per-view, and then you can do. One of them versus Becky or Charlotte. I mean, Becky and Charlotte have both kind of been very de-emphasized since Charlotte turned face. It's mm-hmm. just kind of been they've been putting all their eggs in the Naomi basket, which is fine. But I don't know; she just doesn't do it that much for me.
1: Yeah, no, I like Naomi, but they have given again a lot like Natalia. I'm not going to be you know use double standards here, but in regards to they have given us no reason to care about Naomi. Like she didn't defend her belt a backlash a few months ago because they had the friggin' six woman tag team match. Her match with Lana came out of nowhere, and it sucked anyway. They, they, she beat her in three matches, none of which were all that good. And then she wasn't even defending the title on this show. Like she has yet to really have a feud that blows me away, because she's had no feud. It's been the entire yeah, women's I, division I, against it's each other. So much about
0: giving us something to care about. I mean, I know she's definitely over big time with young girls, which sure, is great. Yeah. I'm happy to see that. And mm-hmm. that's where that's definitely more important than pleasing hardcore, you know, twenty-year-old guys like us. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I just don't care that much about the match, Naomi versus Natalia. There's no reason for me to care about it because she hasn't defended her title that much and Natalia is not really a credible threat.
1: Yeah, it's just it, not really at all. I mean, I could see Natalia winning. Again, it's just it, they, the story here is weird because she's a heel. But if she was a baby face, at least, I'd understand, like, wow, she hasn't held the belt in, like, literally, like seven or eight years. She never really
0: held the real women's belt. She held the diva's belt. Exactly. Yeah. And it was very, I I would be, I'd be kind of happy for her if she was a baby face and this was a big, like redemption story where Mm -hmm. she's finally getting her shot. Mm -hmm. Even if she finally won it, you know, won the big one, but it's just kind of weird to do that with the heel and they're not really playing that up either. They're just playing it like, Oh yeah, she's uh, always been a top contender. So,
1: Gotta buy this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, she's always been uh, a legitimate contender. She's always been going for the belt. It's like no, she really hasn't. Like she's been here for ten years. She's had one title the reign that lasted two months. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's, it's it's really it's really bad. But again, it could be worse. It could be worse. But it's not one of those things that pisses me off. I'm not really sure what's I'm not really sure what's worse. Whether they piss me off with someone like Naomi or uh, not Naomi. Sorry, Lana or Tamina going for the belt. Or it's a case where I just don't care. Like an Italian Naomi, I'm just gonna sit on my hands. At least with Lana to me at Summerslam, I would have booed because they suck. Natalia, she just doesn't even really have any heel heat because she's she's just annoying. She's not really that good of a heel. So I don't know. We'll see where they go with it. Um, but could you see a case, no pun intended, where Carmella Cash is in on maybe Natalia after she wins? Like she finally they finally give her her you know her token title win here, Natalia. So she wins the belt. And then Carmella cashes in, in New York, rather, too, which is where she's from. I was just going
0: to say, I think she's cashing in regardless, man, of being
1: in Brooklyn. Yeah, so I think that being her home turf, I think it'd make for a cool moment. I mean, Carmella isn't the most overheal in the entire company, but she's getting more over after that that screwy finish in Money in the Bank, and people yeah, are getting to hate her. Yeah,
0: I to be her. honest, like, I was at that house show uh, about a month ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, Carmella yeah. got some major heat, man, sh- and she was great. Like mm-hmm. She's really good at playing her character of like the whiny, freak-out girl. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. She is awesome, man.
1: So. Yeah, Carmella's getting real better. Yeah, she's getting really, really good. So yeah, if they, they put the belt on her and and you know at SummerSlam, it can't be much worse than Naomi in terms of in ring no, stuff.
0: I think it'd be fine. I think she could uh, have some real potential as a champion. You know, if she's cheating to win and classic heel stuff
1: like mm-hmm. that, I'm fine with it. Exactly, exactly. There's some potential there. So that's that's really the saving grace for me, Carmella Cash, in at SummerSlam. And uh, my only real gripe with this that I pointed out on Twitter that some people, I mean. I wasn't most really pleased with Natalya winning, but moreover than that, what made me upset was the fact that Charlotte has really been an afterthought. Now I understand the argument that she was pushed to the moon on Raw. She was in literally every title match on Raw uh, for the women's championship for like pretty much a year straight, which I get. But at the same time, it's like I I know she doesn't have to be going for the belt right now, but it doesn't really seem like they have much for her whatsoever. Like she was their, they they call her the biggest acquisition in the superstar shakeup for SmackDown. Yet she comes over and then she turns babyface really out of nowhere, which she should Big be a heel, star. but you know it is what it is. And uh, they they don't really do anything with her. She just kind of floor, she just or flounders rather, and uh, they just. She's been beaten clean like two or three times recently, which blows my mind because it was so hard for her to get beaten on Raw, and all of a sudden she's getting beaten all the, every single week. She lost to Becky yeah. last week, and she
0: still gets the best reactions too of the yeah. women. Becky's up there as well, but it just kind of seems weird that she's their definitely their top female star at least on SmackDown, and they're just kind of doing nothing with her.
1: Exactly, she's it's not like she's not over anymore. They're just they're you know she's still super over, but she's they're just not doing anything with her. So. I would hope coming out of this, there is some sort of plan. I don't really have too much faith in this company coming out of this pay-per-view, but I would hope that maybe they're building to, like, Charlotte finally... Because the whole story here that they, they played it from the get-go... Because she got a quick title match, like, when she first showed up, and then that was it, because they did the whole faction war thing, which was a complete waste of time. But the thing what they were playing up initially was that she has yet to win the SmackDown Women's title, she's been Divas Champion, Raw Women's Champion, she's been NXT Women's Champion, but now the SmackDown Women's title is the only championship that has eluded her. So maybe they build up to that, maybe they pull a Bailey and they have her win the belt in a fucking SmackDown in November or something, but hopefully I would hope they, they would hold off until WrestleMania... Where uh, they should, and maybe they do Charlotte and Naomi there, or Charlotte and, and Carmella, which wouldn't be the worst thing. They don't really have...
0: Uh, well, WrestleMania is far enough away you can do a Charlotte versus a Becky or something like that, a big-time match.
1: Exactly. That's what I was saying last week, that the biggest match they can do with this division, with the current crop of women that they have, is Charlotte and, and Becky, which I think would be the best match. A lot of people might get pissed that I'm going to say this, but honestly, I don't think it'd be the worst thing if they did Charlotte and Nikki Bella, which I know they've had a million matches... But um I mean if they brought back if they brought back Nikki again as a babyface and she's going to be back. I know she took time off, you know, for injury oh. shit, but she's going to be back. She didn't have the big, you know, farewell. I've heard rumors that Brie Bella could be back, which I couldn't give two shits about. Nikki Bella's a bit better in my opinion, but maybe that's the match I'm they go with. The two.
0: I mean, Nikki's a big star. Like it's she just she's more popular than any of the other women, you know, like I said, save for Charlotte and Becky, but you're getting At least more of a bigger feel for the match than like a Charlotte Naomi, a Charlotte Natalia, or something like that. I mean, people hate Nikki Bella, and I'm not exactly her biggest fan, but at least she's a big enough star that it's a high profile match, you know, if she finally wins it from her or something.
1: Exactly. Exactly, like, Nikki Bella's another one that has yet to hold this championship, which shocked the hell out of me, just because when they first made the belt, I thought, oh man, they're gonna put the belt right on Nikki Bella, but they put it on Becky, then Alexa, then Naomi, they're trying something new with all these women, which is great, and Nikki Bella's kind of, and not an afterthought, the cool thing with Nikki was that, again, I'm not her biggest fan either, but the reason why I enjoyed her recent run on SmackDown was because, one, she wasn't a heel, which has been done to death a million times, and two, she was alone. She was by herself, save for the, the John Cena stuff, which was also fresh. But they weren't doing the same old Bella Twins, Twin Magic shit they've been doing for literally 10 years at this point. Like, Brie Bella's yeah. been gone for a while. She's on her she's on her own. Was, it was entertaining. And the feuds with Natalya and Carmella, I thought were pretty good. They were actually... I do <laughs> Yeah, they were the, the matches where I thought were a lot better than they had any right to be. So again, Nikki Bella's been, and even the mixed tag team feud was great. So, oh, yeah.
0: and she's not that terrible of a wrestler. I mean, no, she's not, yeah, she's not best in the world by any, but she's fine. Like she's gotten
1: a lot better. Exactly. I like
0: that finisher. So.
1: Exactly. Exactly. She's she's no Lana or Tamina in the ring. She's not that bad, or at least not as bad as she once was. It could be way worse. So. I know we're thinking ahead here, but yeah, Natalia, Naomi, eh. But once they, you know, put Charlotte back in there and Becky, hopefully, and. Um, we just
0: really don't want to talk about Battleground.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really That's really the whole uh, premise of this review that it's a Battleground review, but not talking about Battleground because this show we're is. about
0: the things we really much rather watch.
1: <laughs> Which I think is better because there's, again, there's I I really don't like the shit on this company. Not because, oh my God.
0: Uh, I, I try to hack wrestling just to enjoy wrestling you know i'm not watching it to hate on it there's no point in that i'm not one of those negative guys but if you're gonna give me something like this i have no other choice
1: exactly that's exactly it i just try to pick up the positives and there really is no positives on this show and then you look ahead to what might be good down the road or at least pitching alternatives to what could be better than the shit that we're watching so well
0: and plus if farther we go forward into the Battleground show, it mm-hmm. just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so we're just avoiding that, I think, as
1: well. That too, yeah. That just, like, not even bad matches. They were the worst of the year. Like, it's hard to come yeah. up with a worse match, than then fucking Johnson and Rusev, and then the main event, which, again, we'll get to in a second. But before we move on from the women's stuff, which I know we spend a lot of time on, but just one last question. Uh, are you a big UFC fan, Marlon? You are, right? Yes, absolutely. So have you seen what's been going on recently with Cyborg and Becky Lynch?
0: Um, I heard something about it, but I actually haven't really seen much of it. Uh, I do have a little bit of interest in it because I uh, I do like Cyborg, Um, so I'd be interested in seeing her work at Match, it'd be pretty cool, but I just don't know if she's, like, she is a big name in the MMA circle, but mm-hmm. I don't know if she's going to bring in the same kind of attention as, like, a Ronda Rousey or anything even close to that, or even, like, a Holly Holm or a Misha Tate, right, yeah. so...
1: Yeah, I think I think it would still be pretty cool, um, just because... I mean, they're at SummerSlam, too. Like, yeah, like you said, I think the biggest name they could do is Ronda Rousey, but I'm not exactly sure what her status is. She last fought in December, and she lost, obviously, and she hasn't been seen since... So I'm not really sure. What, I know she was actually not been. I, that's a lie because I know she was at the May Young Classics. I think she was actually in the front row for the show, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: and she ha, she was on another some other TV show recently. But besides yeah. that, yeah, she's kind of fallen off the face of the earth.
1: Yeah, she's really been largely out of the public eye as of late. So, but even still, Ronda Rousey, even at her worst, even despite the loss yeah, many months ago. Me. You know, I think still a way bigger name than 90% of this roster. So bringing her in for a match with Charlotte or something would be pretty cool, like WrestleMania or whatever. But yeah, for the Becky Cyborg stuff, I think it'd be pretty cool if only because they're at SummerSlam and they've brought in C-list celebrities before including the work of match and okay, maybe not C-List, but he's, and he's a pretty big name, but a couple of years ago, they brought in Stephen Amell, which was pretty cool. Cause the guy's a wrestling fan. He was, yeah,
0: he was cool. He was actually not a terrible wrestler he did
1: fine for his match. Exactly. And it wasn't a big match either. It wasn't the main event. It was a, it was an undercard match with Stardust, Barrett and Neville. So if they could do that with a guy like him, then I'm sure they would love to have Cyborg, uh, the, do something. Uh,
0: the only thing about that is that Cyborg's fighting this Saturday. Oh, Okay. I mean, um, she is such a killer, right? She's fighting uh, Tanya Evinger, who's the Invicta 135 champion, and this is for the 145 UFC belt. Mm-hmm. So she's fighting a smaller woman. I mean, Tanya Evinger's game is hell, but, you know, unless she really gets in there and comes out without a scratch, you never know. She could be medically suspended for 30, 60 days, and then you, you know, she could come away with even one slight injury and not be wanting to work a match, right? The UFC might not allow that, right? So close mm-hmm. to her fight, so. I wouldn't know anything about Summerslam, but you never know down the line.
1: Which is good that they might. I mean, maybe that's the case. Maybe they're holding off on announcing anything formal, like Becky and and, and Cyborg at Summerslam, and then she gets hurt or something in her fight this coming week, and yeah. then they can't do the match and they got to pull out. So at least they're they're teasing it. But if it doesn't happen, it's like oh man, like what a what a blow to the card because it was never scheduled to begin with. So yeah, maybe, maybe they're waiting. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to have have you know her be brought in to do something at SummerSlam, yeah. and I've seen, uh, maybe it was Dave Meltzer, or someone along those lines said that uh, UFC owes WWE after they took Brock Lesnar from them for the fight at UFC 200 last year, so it would be cool to see them kind of do a trade yeah. and uh, then do that match at SummerSlam, but I guess we'll see. SummerSlam's gonna be like a fucking 15-match card again, so I would not be surprised what? if they had like four women's matches, which isn't a bad thing, but they're gonna have, it's gonna be a long show, it's another four-hour show, so I'm kind of happy I'm not going this year because it's, it's, it's a really, really long show. Yeah, uh, but uh, we'll get to the next match here, unfortunately, for the United States Championship. Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. And it wasn't a bad match. The thing here with Owens and AJ, I would even go so far as to say it was the second match, best match on the show, next to the opener. The thing with Owens and AJ is that we know they could do a lot better. We've seen them have great matches. This was just really not all that good. It was, it, it was actually, I thought it was good, but the thing is, is that by Owens and AJ standards, it was very disappointing. And then worse yet, the finish was terrible. No one knew what the hell happened. So I don't even remember what the move was. I don't know if it was a back suplex or whatever. So both of their shoulders. Crossface. What was it? Crossface, I think? Maybe, yeah, maybe he reversed it, the crossface yeah, he into reversed, something. I think
0: a crossface.
1: That's probably what it was, yeah. So he had that, he reversed it, and then both of their shoulders were on the mat. All four shoulders of, of both guys. And then, so the referee counts. And it looks like he counts all, you know, both their shoulders. But in the end, Owens was declared the winner, and the referee, uh, the commentators, had no idea what was going on. Uh, for for shoot, it didn't really seem like they could explain what the hell just happened. The fans had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what was going on, and it looked like they would either restart it or show a replay that Owens or that AJ's shoulder was up. They didn't. Nothing has been said about it. I mean, granted, we're recording this on Tuesday. Maybe they have something planned for tonight on SmackDown to, re- to explain. I'm sure they're going to do a rematch. Obviously, they're going to do another match at SummerSlam. Um, but obviously, AJ was very heavily favored coming into the show after just winning about three weeks ago, or even if that. So just a very bizarre, finished, and underwhelming match. I'm really, really hoping they hold off until SummerSlam for like you know going all out and having this great match because even their backlash match was great it wasn't like amazing or anything. So I'm hoping they have some uh, blow away bout at SummerSlam, but were you confused by this as I was uh, Marlon? Uh,
0: yeah, I was extremely confused. Uh, like you said, you expect a lot out of these guys. So it's kind of unfair to, you can't call it a bad match. Cause it was still a good match. I mean, if you have that match on TV in 2010, we're calling it like match of the year. Or <laughs> <something, right? laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Those are my two favorite wrestlers. Um, so I always get really excited, and I was a little bit let down by the overall match. But just the finish was so strange. What I was expecting is he has him in a, I think, yeah, like I said, it was a cross face, I think. So he's got Owens in a submission, Owens rolls it into a pin, and it's kind of like a weird camera angle. So I kept expecting them to go to a camera angle from the opposite side, where you could see maybe Owens was tapping right before he counted the three. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool and then just nothing happened, and I'm still extremely confused about what was supposed to happen today because I've heard uh, that that wasn't planned, that the ref just counted and they screwed it up, and then they just kind of went with it, and that, you know, mm-hmm. happens has happened in the past, right, where the ref just counts because he just is supposed to count unless they get their shoulder up, so... Uh, as far as the match goes, it was, it was a good match, but... It was kind of disappointing and the finish was so strange that it's going to overshadow that it was actually a good match you're just going to kind of think of it as a bad match Mm -hmm. and part of that is just because you remember the show overall is terrible so and the weird finish adds to the show's overall bad quality so you kind of look down upon the match and we should remember that it was actually a good match between two of the best wrestlers in the company just that finish is so strange and so confusing I don't even know what to think about it really
1: yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly it. The match was good, but the finish, which it was disappointing, but the match was alright. And then the finish overshadowed any good work that they did during the match itself, because it was just so bizarre, it was so confusing, no one knew what the hell was going on. And again, I'm sure they're saving, you know, the, the blow-off for SummerSlam, which is fine, but it's just, like you said, I saw the same report that it might have been a botch, that uh they they might not have planned it that way. Just really, really weird. Because no one knew how to explain it. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's like I mean, bad comparison, but like Punk and Cena from like twenty eleven. Like Punk wins the belt. What the hell's gonna happen next? Who the you know, was this I mean, obviously that was that was the work, but I'm trying to think of another example where the finish was like, I know like, holy what you're shit. saying, though,
0: where you're coming out of it thinking like, oh, what's going to happen? But e- this exactly. is kind of what's going to happen, because you're like, holy shit, someone screwed something up. What's going to happen now? Yeah,
1: exactly. And this was like, I. it's just weird. It's not even the fact the belt has changed hands like four or five times in the past couple of months, because the feud's been all right. The feud's been pretty good. Yeah, it's I just, don't
0: even hate it because it's between two top guys. You know, yeah. it's them trading wins. So, I mean, in that aspect, I don't hate it. I don't mind Owens getting the belt back if that was part of the plan it's just so such a weird thing to have happen in a match and just no explanation for it and everyone's confused by it
1: yeah it was just super confusing and if that wasn't bad enough like that was the thing too like the the flat reaction i mean there were the crowd was already kind of quiet for the match and they never really picked up the pace or really went into the next gear as they're known to they just kind of had a basic match and the match really just kind of ended and that was it um and if that wasn't bad enough the flat reaction the finish led us to the next match, with the crowd, holy shit, this was terrible, so the crowd was on their hands, for the entire match, and the match went, I'm looking at on Wikipedia right now, 21 minutes, <sighs> oh god, so the, the main event, and we'll talk about that, w- later on too, that was the longest match, on the show, this was second longest, the 21 minutes, and the, again, this company, so they did a flag match, a couple of years ago, with Rusev, at SummerSlam, which wasn't terrible, it was him and Swagger, and uh. on that show they had the flags in each corner and you had to beat your opponent by pinfall or submission and then afterwards you had, you earned the right to like wave your fucking flag or something they, I which is also not a flag match
0: like that's <laughs> not what a flag match is and neither was this but
1: it's just that uh, they just changed the rules just based on what's convenient for them so it's like I know Rusev wasn't pinned but that's besides the point this fucking sucked why they did this in the first place I really have no idea beyond the fact that I know they want to kill time for Cena, um, who we still have no idea why he's a free agent. He has yet to show up on Raw. He has yet to be even acknowledged on Raw, despite the fact he's a free agent. So apparently Raw does not give a shit about John Cena being a free agent. They don't want John Cena. I yeah, don't they're already him. doing well enough. Exactly. Raw's fine without John Cena. They probably don't want the guys, so keep him on SmackDown. But, uh, oh my... Especially this match is any indication. After watching this match, maybe we wanted, all wanted no part of uh, fucking John maybe Cena. After this. Smackdown. match. They're not going to want <laughs> yeah, they're probably not gonna want to bring him back after this because this was just a complete waste of time. Like it's not even like it was Cena and Corbin. Like the match sucked, but it's like, you know what? It's a fresh match, whatever. We've seen this before. And worse yet, we know they could do better. Like a lot of their matches in 2415 weren't like, oh my god, match of the year, but they were they were they were pretty good. Like they were a lot better than they had any right to be. This was just atrocious. This was just beyond boring crowd didn't care the ending outcome the ending result was just so predictable it was it was comical it was laughable cuz the rest of this match didn't even matter the last 10 seconds the crowd came awake for but 10 seconds of a 21 and 10 second match does not make for a good match in the slightest so obviously if you couldn't already guess John cena wins lol and that's it so that was about it um any any other additional thought in this Marlon, besides the fact that it was fucking terrible
0: Yeah, no, it was just really bad. Uh, The outcome was never in doubt, and I'm a big Rusev fan. Yep. Oh, I mean, I've even been a big fan of Cena since the Brands, but, I mean, I think he's been awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just such a colossal waste of time, like you said, (laughs) as a placeholder for Cena until he can win that 17th title or go over to Raw or something. But uh, I also can't stand when WWE does something like this where they have a feud between two guys who have feuded before and as recently as two years ago, and they don't mention it once, which is fine because it was a short build-up, but I think a big part of that is the fact that Rusev was Russian before, and now he's actually Bulgarian. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really a big fan of not playing up much on the previous feud, but, I mean, the match outcome was just never in doubt, and I... Have they done it before where you have to take the flag off the post and then put it up in a pedestal? Because I had never seen that before. I always thought a flag match was just taking the flag off of the the pole.
1: Um, mm. the, yeah, every every flag the match flag. that I've seen has been like that. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a boring punch kick, few moves match. Like I, The entire time they were battling on stage, too, was just couple moves. Oh, reverse. Okay, now I do a move to you. Oh, now I do a move to you. It was just kind of boring, and as soon as Rusev set up those tables, my girlfriend doesn't know anything about wrestling. She just happened to be watching that match with me. I said, I will bet you the entire house, (laughs) everything in this house, I bet you that Rusev is going to be the one going through those tables, and sure enough, you set up the table, you go through it, so I don't know. It was just a weird, boring match, and both guys could be doing so much better, so I don't know. It was just kind of boring, and it felt every bit of
1: 21 minutes it really did it felt a lot longer than that too i'll say that much as well it was just i don't know like you said it wasn't it, it was a terrible match but even more over than that it was a complete it was a lot it was just very boring it was just a lot of nothing a lot of nothing for 21 minutes and not only was the match a waste of time like i felt like you said like a couple days ago on twitter that like i mentioned earlier that the whole hour, the, the whole show was 3 hours that was a waste of time but like especially this match was a complete waste not only because I mean, I don't even know, because the whole feud was a complete waste of time. Like, why would you bring back Cena when they did? Like, oh, on the 4th of July, blah, 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 Mr. Patriot, whatever. But beyond that, it's like, why did you even bring him back? If they were just going to put him in a a random feud with Rusev, that's obviously over, as it should be. I don't know why, I I don't want to... show
0: was a terrible, it was a terrible show. I mean, we made that quite clear. It was a waste of three hours, but at least every other match served a purpose. This one serves no purpose. It's not going to be doing anything for either guy. I can't imagine they're going to have a rematch. I'm sure they're both going to start something new tonight, or at least Rusev. So, I, this is a big waste of 21 minutes and a big waste of a month of build-up.
1: Exactly. It's just, I don't get it. I really just don't get it. They could have brought they could have brought back Cena tonight and have him confront Jinder, God forbid, or something. I don't know. But whatever they're doing right now just with Cena, like you said, it's not an anti Cena thing, because like you, I've been a big Cena fan since the brand split, coming and going, which is probably the best role for him, honestly. I know he made fun of The Rock for doing the same thing a few years ago. Um, it's not quite to that extent, but I, I like the fact that he feels fresh when he comes back and he has great matches with AJ and Dean Ambrose and the mixed acting thing. was It was good. The feud is actually really entertaining. and has been thing-
0: great for the past three or so years.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now this thing just comes along and it kind of ruins any momentum that either guy had coming, you know, coming into this pay per view.
0: And yeah, Rusev... this is Rusev's return too, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came back a little bit ago. He actually made his uh, return from injury at that house show I was at.
1: So oh, I really? Was
0: super cool. for uh, for what he was going to do since they were building up to him getting a championship match, and then this happens, and it's such a waste as well for him.
1: He's another guy that I mean, I don't want to say it's been a failure. Um, just because it's only really, he's only been back for like a month now, not even. But I really thought they would start to do more with him on SmackDown than they were on Raw. I mean, granted, on, on Raw at the end there, he was losing to, not, no joke, fucking Big Show in five minutes at Fastlane. And now he's at least facing John Cena. But still, the match wasn't good. And we've seen it before. And he lost, again, in typical Rusev fashion. But the guy deserves more. I don't know whether you turn him babyface or... Well, you, or you do? can't
0: really insert him into the title picture right now unless you turn him babyface, but I don't know how you're going to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it could work, but I don't know how they would do it, and I don't know if that would happen anytime soon.
1: The timing of this was all wrong, because what they should have done, I mean, they should have brought back Rusev from day one when he was cleared literally two months ago, but what they could have done was brought him back as a babyface and say that, oh, I made you a star, Ginger. I brought you out of irrelevancy, blah, 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 when they were attacking partners on Raw... I mean, the, a Rusev gender match was probably not going to like the world on fire, but from a storyline standpoint, it makes sense. And people want to cheer Rusev. The guy is hilarious. He's, he's comical. If you that's, watch him, I'm that's like... That's
0: a big way I think you could turn him babyface, is to play off the real-life fact that he's hilarious. Like, yeah. He absolutely kills it on Twitter. People like <laughs> him. People want to cheer him. People have always wanted to cheer him since the feud with Cena the first time. Mm-hmm.
1: So, that's it exactly, that yeah. Hard, but... That would have been a good way to turn him babyface and make him a babyface, but they obviously didn't do that. And uh, I don't know, I feel like, wh- again, the Punjabi prison match, what was the point? Why? Why? What was the need in doing three matches between Jinder and Orton, who have zero chemistry together? Which, again, we'll get to momentarily. But it's just, you could have done Rusev and Mahal from the get-go. And I'm not saying put the belt on Rusev, which, if Mahal can be champion, anyone can be champion. But, yeah. you know, if, it just would have made more sense for this pay-per-view. That feels like a B-level match. And at this point... The timing's all fucked up, because now you have Rusev as a heel, so doing him and Mahal wouldn't even make sense at this point. And worse yet, the guy's a loser. He lo- he just lost to John Cena. So to put him in the title picture would just be asinine. So. And then again, Orton lost the Money in the Bank, and he got another title shot. So wins and losses just don't matter in this company, or at least on SmackDown. I think that's what, honestly, I think Road Dogg, who I think is the head writer for SmackDown right now, came out on Twitter not too long ago and said, Wins and losses do not matter. And you wonder why the show has been suffering for for like three months now. Because wins and losses don't matter, apparently, according to the people who write the show. But, uh, yeah, so less said about that, the better. So we move on real quickly. Sami Zayn and Mike Kanellis, uh, a seven-minute match. wasn't bad. wasn't all that good either. It was just kind of there. Sami Zayn wins. Typical 50-50 booking. Again, wins and losses just don't matter. Mike Kanellis wins his debut on SmackDown, loses a weekend to his in-ring debut at the pay-per-view to Sami Zayn. And I love Sami Zayn, don't get me wrong. But the guy is not going to be hurt from losing, um, which was shown in the Baron Corbin feud. He can lose, and he can lose, and he can lose. As long as he's not losing to, like, Mojo Raleigh or some other schmuck on the roster, the guy's going to be just fine. If he's losing to Mike Kanellis who's not really a schmuck, he's, not, he's no WWE champion, but the guy just showed up, so he should have won here, he didn't, I'm sure the feud's not yet over, um, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I'm not really sure, but yeah, Sami Zayn won, so uh, any thoughts here, did you take exception to the fact, Marlon, that uh, Sami Zayn emerged victorious, or were you a fan of the finish?
0: Yeah, not too much to say about it, uh, I'm also a big fan of Sami happy to see him get a win I wish it wouldn't be at the expense of a new act and I do think that the act has a lot of potential I like the whole Mike Canellis gimmick the fact that it's her last name I do actually like that and I mean I've been a big fan of Maria since she first debuted way back in the day when she had no charisma no talent mm-hmm. so uh, I'm happy to see them back in the company or you know him in the company and her back in the company but mm-hmm. I was just kind of surprised to see Sammy get the win. He wouldn't be hurt that bad by, like, a debuting act that has a, has the potential to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's it's whatever. There's 50-50 booking, whatever match. Piss break match before the main event. So, whatever. Don't care about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like you said, with Mike Kanellis, the, I, I honestly don't think the guy's going to be a world champion. But he has a lot of potential with this gimmick. And people can say about it what they will, whether it's too cheesy or it's just mid-card, whatever. But it works. I mean, if it was Mike Kanellis on his own, I get the guy probably being a lower undercard act. But Maria is great. Like you said, she was hot 10 years ago. But not only is she hot now, she's also amazing as a heel. Really if, good, yeah. yeah she's, she's very talented. There I, mean, I think they, have some, they could have a run as
0: U.S. Champion or something, something like that. You know, top mm-hmm. of the mid card if booked properly. But I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's not world championship level. But you don't need to be beating him one week into his debut.
1: Yeah, clean too. Clean. It wasn't like I think he beat him with his finish. It wasn't even like yeah. a roll up or something. So just, it's just really weird. Fifty-fifty booking strikes again. But we get to the main event. Uh Good guy. Sure do this. <laughs> I think we might have to, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh yeah, it's your show. Yeah, that's true. We can just cut it off right here. And until next time, guys. But, uh... (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Punjabi Prison uh, is back for the first time in 10 years. Why it was brought back? Other than the fact that they, you know, Jinder Mahal, who's not even really Indian anyway. I think he's Canadian. But they play off the fact that he's an Indian in storyline. But that's why they brought it back. There was a reason why the match was not brought back in the first place. Because it fucking sucks. And I was surprised that so many people coming into this match... I I don't know if excited is the right word... I was, when I heard the Punjabi prison was coming back, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to suck. I'm not sure why more people didn't say the same thing, because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, man, I can't wait for Battleground just to see Punjabi prison. You people had to know that the match was going to suck. The last two matches were just abysmal with the great Kali, but, I mean, Mahal is a lot better than Kali, but the guy still is awful in the ring. Like, he's, he's mediocre at best. Maybe not terrible, but he's mediocre. And the match is just... Beyond confusing with the doors and Orton climbed out anyway completely rending the whole stipulation obsolete just a complete waste of time And then the interference which was the whole point as to why the match happened in the first place was to keep out the Singh brothers They got involved anyway, so what was even the point and then one of them took an amazing bump But that was where the match that was where it really should have ended because the rest of this wasn't good at all The beginning sucked that was cool. The rest of this was just terrible and then Orton is about to climb out, and he's at the top. So then Kali comes out, the great <laughs> Kali. Something straight out of like a, a Kfabe news, like an SVR, SmackDown vs. Raw video game. Like it's so bad, you can't book this shit, but they did. So he comes out. Orton falls down the cage. Instead of leaving the cage, because the fact that Kali walks at just 0.5 miles an hour. He couldn't have just gone to the other side of the cage and climb out that way? No, he stands there, and then just it, it falls down the side of the cage, the wrong side, and then he gets held there by the great Kali, who can surprisingly climb the cage, let alone walk, and the Mahal just walks out and he leaves. And just, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, just needless to say, the probably the worst pay-per-view finish I've seen in a long time. Worse than the Goldberg-Owen stuff, which was just so stupid, but you knew what was going to happen. This... I'm sure, you know, we weren't saying Kali's going to interfere and win this thing from Mahal. Just, I don't know, just at least the Goldberg thing was kind of a feel-good moment with finally winning the belt, whatever. This was just terrible. This did no one any favors. The match was what it was. Um, One of the worst matches I think I've ever seen. So, uh, Marlon, do you want to chip in here with your two cents on the Punjabi prison and the return of the great Kali? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I just want to, uh, this is what I was talking about when I said that it made me laugh out loud. So I'm going to say a bunch of mean things about this match and this main event. But I do want to preface this all by saying I actually fuck with ginger. Uh, I'm down with him as champion. I think it's cool. He's obviously not the best wrestler in the world. But um, I know a lot of uh, Indo-Canadian people, a lot of, uh, and there was a lot of young kids. Uh, the house show is at at Vancouver. Um, Vancouver's a big uh, Indo-Canadian-centric city. So it was great to see young kids have someone to look up to, and they absolutely love him. And it just made my heart very happy. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with uh, Indian fans having someone to cheer, even though he's obviously not really Indian. Um, so I'm actually cool with Jinder. Uh, I haven't enjoyed necessarily the matches, but uh, the Singh brothers being close to where I live as well, a uh, big fan of the Bollywood boys, love them. So I'm happy to see them getting TV time and Jinder getting the push he's gotten is cool with me. That said... It could have been um, me in the match. I could have absolutely (laughs) been my best friend in the match, and if it turned out the way it did. It was so boring. How long was this one? You said you looked up before. What was this one, half an hour?
1: 27 minutes. 27 minutes.
0: It was terrible. I mean, nothing was happening. I feel really bad for the people there that couldn't see anything. I'm
1: sure you've seen the same pictures I have that you couldn't see a single thing. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: I wasn't excited for the match by any means. Um but I was intrigued at the thought of them doing another one just because the other ones were so bad. I thought maybe they would have learned a lesson and, uh, but I should have known better because these two, like you said, have no chemistry whatsoever. So they can't even have a good regular one-on-one singles match. How are they going to have a good Punjabi prison match? I thought it might at least be like fun, terrible, but it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. And aside from the one bump, I don't remember a single thing that happened in the match. It's so confusing hearing Greg Hamilton like trying to explain the entire all uh, rule set before the match is just embarrassing that they would even come up with something like this and to bring it back. I'm sure they'll never do another one. I know never to say never, but you, I can't imagine them ever wanting to do another one of these. And then, yeah, just the great Kali slowly walking out there to interfere and then somehow shaking the cage so that Orton fell back over. It was just <laughs> laughable. I was literally laughing out loud, like I said, and that is not... Ever a good thing to have happening in your pay-per-view main event. I'm happy to see Ginger keep the title, you know, when they eventually take it off him. I don't want it to be back to Randy Orton for his 14th or 15th or 16th reign. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but this was just so bad. It was so boring. I mean, cool that they got out the Kendo sticks, but it just none of it made any sense, especially like you said, it was supposed to keep interference out, and then the Singh brothers get in there and then the great colleague comes in and shakes horton in back into the cage i mean what was the point they should have just had a no dq match or a cage i don't know i don't even have any other ideas for it because these two suck together and it's been a waste of time but i'm happy to see gender keep the belt but that match was so bad
1: yeah i mean gender had to win like you said i mean i'm not a huge fan of gender as champion just as of right now um i literally just wrote an article that it's just and it's not it's it's not really his fault that it's been a failure just because he looks the part. The Singh Brothers are great. Big fan of the Sing Brothers. The guy's got a badass entrance theme. But yeah. one, once he steps into the ring it just it it doesn't feel like world champion material to me. And if they put the US title on him maybe that would be a different story. That's ac- yeah, you know
0: and build him up to the WWE title. It was just so weird to have him just suddenly go from being a jobber like the ultimate definition of a jobber to yeah. winning the title from Randy Orton is So strange, and it still hasn't really sunk in. But
1: yeah, now the guy is winning pay-per-view main events, and you know against Randy Orton of all people, and three
0: times in a row. Yeah,
1: like
0: what's Orton gonna do from here?
1: That's exactly. Yeah, he's
0: been beaten by the Ultimate Jobber.
1: Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's 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 tough because first of all, I really hope they don't go the route of doing fucking Jinder and Kali versus Cena and Orton. When you
0: said that, I I got really scared. (laughs) It. Please know anything but
1: that. <laughs> I mean, my friend John pointed out to me on Twitter the other day, and I mean, he makes a good point, and I agree. Um, if they if they bring in Kali as a heater, like as a heavy for for Mahal and add him to the act, you know what? That's all right. It's not the worst thing. I still wouldn't prefer to have him back in the company, but if anything, it's okay. If as long as he's not going to wrestle, whatever. But if they put him in the fucking ring again for a tag team match, first of all, continuing Mahal and Warren to this point has been just. Bad. Why would they do that? I don't know. Why they did three pay-per-view matches? If they want to establish Mahal's a credible champion, they could have done that against anyone. Why Orton? I have no idea. Because Orton sucks as a babyface. At least in this incarnation. He has been... It, it, it's bizarre he to me. He su- what was that? He sucks as a babyface, yeah. you're
0: right.
1: Yeah, he, he sucks as a babyface. He's had the... As people have called it, the reverse year of Okada, who has just been killing it in 2017 with all these matches with Omega and shit. Whereas Orton, I could not name... I mean, he had a good match of the Lou Corporate uh, Elimination Chamber a few months ago but beyond that this entire year has been just an absolutely abysmal year for Orton just in terms of pay-per-view matches. The Wyatt feud was terrible. This has been terrible. The matches have not been good. Um they, I don't know what they do. They I would turn him heel ASAP. I doubt they're going to go that route. They need heels in the show that are credible because they have they have Corbin um, Rusev's there. The guy's a loser right now. They don't really have men- they have Kevin Owens, but he's U.S. champion. So they need more top heels. So I would turn Orton, but uh, we'll see where they go with this. But yeah, just with Mahal, just he's just in the ring and on the mic. He's not really doing it as WWE champion and putting him in the ring with Orton is not going to help. I don't know why they did that to begin with. Let alone three months later. Uh, just I don't know. I mean, I know AJ just lost the U.S. title, but we already said earlier they're probably going to do a rematch as they sh- probably should. But AJ and Mahal is the best possible program I can think of because I can't imagine Cena's going to get a better match at a Mahal than Orton did. So we'll, we'll see where it goes, but this is just... Uh, there, was so wrong, there was so much wrong with one match. It's just almost unbelievable that they can get so much wrong within the matter of 30 minutes on one show. The whole show is just terrible, but this capped that was off... That
0: perfect main event for that show. <laughs> it sums it up, you know? That's, that's the main event that show deserved.
1: It really did. You know what? That's... You know what? That's a very positive, fitting way to put it, that that was the main event that this fucking show deserved, and uh, I know we're recording this before SmackDown, and you know what? Maybe they go all out. They have an amazing show tonight. Just everything goes right. CM Punk comes back, and he beats Jinder Mahal for the WWE title. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm not sure how they can come back from this. But uh, as of right now, coming out of this show, which is all that really matters anyway, because if you fast-forward one year from now, people aren't going to think of, you know what, Battleground sucked, but that's SmackDown, though. Oh, my God, that SmackDown 2. No, they're not. They're going to think of Battleground and how bad that show was. They're going to think of how terrible this show was and the, the just the stench that it left and the days removed. We're, we're 48 hours removed from the show, and we're still talking about how bad it was. It wasn't like, yeah, in retrospect, it wasn't that bad. No, it, it, it was bad. It was bad, so... We'll see uh, if they can make up for this. I hope they do. SmackDown recently has been really disappointing compared to where it, compared to where it was even like three or four or five months ago, right? Before yeah, WrestleMania. I just wanted to say that when you
0: were uh, actually uh, starting the show that it's funny that since the brand split, SmackDown was so much better than Raw. SmackDown was a awesome show week to week. It was never, never disappointed, and it felt like it gradually started to flip since the Superstar Shake-Up, and Raw has obviously gotten a lot better. Raw's usually a Decent to good show. Like uh, last night was a great show, and SmackDown's just kind of gone down and down and down. And it feels like it's been a long gradual turn, but it's only really been a year that it's uh, since the brand split happened, right? So yeah, it's only been pff, two months, and all of a sudden SmackDown so inferior to Raw, it's kind of shocking, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't start and stop with Mahal. I'm not saying if they get rid of Mahal as champion, the show's going to be infinitely better. I mean, that's one major issue for me anyway. Again, maybe not necessarily Mahal, but they're booking of him and just the match is not doing yeah, anything. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, me saying that I am a big fan of him with the title doesn't mean that I think he should have the title. I would like to see that title on someone who really deserves it, like an AJ and Owens. Uh, someone that can really carry the show. I don't think he can carry the show by any means. He's more a U.S. level guy.
1: Exactly. At least at this point, or at least, at the very least, like you said, build him up and not have him go from literally losing to Mojo Raleigh one week and then winning a six-pack challenge the next week. That is what they did, and that is why he has yet to click his champion. That They killed him from the get-go. They just killed this guy's push from the get-go. I mean, I'm sure he's thrilled. He's WWE champion. Why would he give a shit what, you know, two marks are talking about? But still, just the yeah. overall reign has been... I mean, I, the thing with this reign is that it may be fine now, like, oh, he's WWE champion, what's there to complain about, but wait until, wait to see until what happens after the fact. Like, I feel like with Jack Swagger, who could have been something in this company, who's gone now, obviously, but who could have been something, but because they gave him the championship, same exact thing. The guy was losing to Santino on Superstars. Two weeks later, he's Mr. Money in the Bank. Two days later, he's World Heavyweight Champion. The guy never won a match, and they're not booking Mahal nearly as bad as they were Swagger, but once Swagger lost the belt, he was never a main event player after that. I mean, again, maybe for like a cup of coffee in 2013 before he got himself he fucked himself yeah, over with the. He fucking, could have even been something then, but that one was his fault. So. Yeah, that one was his fault. But even before that, like three years earlier, when they put the belt on him, he was nothing. He went back to losing the MVP two days later on SmackDown right after losing the uh, world title. So, I imagine something similar will happen in Jinder. I hope it doesn't, but that's I what they force you. Yeah, just because once you get to this point, what else is there to do? The guy hasn't done anything else uh, prior to becoming champion, so we'll see. But the point being is that him being a champion is not the worst. I mean, it might be the worst thing on the show, just in terms of how they've been booking because he is the top guy at the end of the day. But there's just so much more wrong with this program right now uh, of SmackDown Live that I'm not really sure. Like, the whole women's division is just messed up. They have a lot of talent in there, but it's one big clusterfuck of women. They don't really have any individual stories. It seems like they do now in Natalia Naomi, but whoop de do, Natalia Naomi, you know? So not, Nakamura and Corbin is what it is and I don't know. Owens and AJ trading back the belt is whatever and just I don't know. Seeing a rusev takes the cake is just being terrible too, but I don't know. We'll we'll see where they go with it and as noted, hopefully they can come back with a strong show tonight. I know this is going up on Thursday, but here's hoping they can bounce back on Tuesday with Smackdown. So, that being said, Marlon, any over any other overall thoughts on Battleground, any other ranting thoughts you want to share on uh the WWE or just wrestling in general?
0: Uh yeah, that show I came back to watching wrestling at the end of 2011 after taking a break uh, from 2008. So, in Prior to 2008, I was a kid. I loved wrestling. There was no bad wrestling to me, so I can't uh, consider anything from that era. But since I came back, this is one of the top three worst pay per views that I've ever seen. Uh, it's up there with WrestleMania 29 for me and Survivor Series 2013, just <laughs> overall craft So it was a big waste of three hours, but it gave us. Uh, I enjoyed talking about it with you, so I'll take the positive from it like I know you always try to do.
1: Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. I just laughed when you said Sir I'm so happy. WrestleMania twenty nine sucked. I am so happy though that you said Survive for Series twenty thirteen. I did a whole video a couple months ago, uh, from my YouTube channel talking about my not not the worst, but my like my least favorite, uh, technically the worst, pay-per-views in the last like five or six years. Also from the same time frame because I started watching in two thousand and eight. And like yeah. you said earlier, like, as you kind of alluded to, um, <laughs> like, Owens and AJ on this show, four or five, not even four or five years ago, but, like, in 09, 2010, would have been like, oh, my God, match of the year. That oh, was yeah. amazing. Because that was such a dark time for this company. Because nothing I, happened.
0: I paid the full $60 for Survivor Series 2013. As oh. Well, can you
1: have been that? oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's Me 60 too. bucks. That's 60 bucks you won't get back. Um, no. Now, I won't go too much on longer with this, but, yeah, I just it's just so funny you mention that show just because I didn't pay for the show but I did watch it at a Buffalo Wild Wings with my friend John and I'm like oh man i not, not thinking the show's gonna be amazing but like you know what it's Survivor Series they might put forth a decent effort almost exactly similar to this show outside exactly the same thing the opener the mixed or not the mixed tag team match the fucking uh, elimination match yeah Survivor Series match uh, traditional Survivor Series match it was great everything after that complete dog shit that show. Sure.
0: in the main event against someone who's not a good worker. That's
1: exactly it. It was Orton in the big show, and that match was Pugetra too. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, and it had the Cena ending, too, right? <laughs> with the World Heavyweight title, and we're getting all excited about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. It's almost it's almost scary how similar to those two shows are. If you have any show that follows that same formula with a great tag team match, and then Cena and Orton in the main events, you know what's going to go, how it's going to go down just... Holy shit. I'm sure now, you
0: could find some other ones like that if you really combed through history books as
1: well. Yeah, I'm sure you really could. Uh, especially from like the 07 period and stuff like that where they were on top for a long period of time. I and mean, even in 09 too. 09, Scene and Orton were on top almost every single pay-per-view. So I'm sure that you could find other shows from that time period. The funny thing is, is that I almost went to that show... Because uh, I was I was in college at the point when Survivor Series happened. and I went to school near Boston, so I'm thinking, oh, that'd be cool to go to Survivor Series. So glad I didn't go to that show. Holy yeah. shit, <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. But um, yeah. So absolutely. So any other uh, closing out? Any other closing thoughts uh, they'd like to share before we go off the air?
0: Let's just hope SmackDown blows us away tonight, and we can forget about it, like you said. But I don't have high hopes.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I think. I can't even say that having low expectations is for the best, because I had low, low expectations coming into the show, and like you, I thought it would be, uh, you know, at least better than I thought it, it was would somehow be.
0: Somehow worse than my. <laughs>
1: expectations.
0: I didn't think it was going to be that bad.
1: How is that even possible? I'm not even sure. You know what? I can. You know what? Thinking of on a positive note here. On one last positive note. I commend them. They did something I thought they could not do, and they made this show worse than I thought it ever could be. They made it significantly worse. They pulled off the impossible. So you know what? Vince McMahon, to you, I commend you. Good job. Don't keep on doing what you're doing. I don't want more bad shows like this, but I want you to keep on pulling off the impossible because that is a feat in and of itself. That's just incredible. Well, at
0: least we'll have a talking smack to watch tonight.
1: Fuck this company. Holy shit. The talking smack, even the talking smack after the show isn't that good because they Daniel Bryan, I'm not really sure where Daniel Bryan was and Jerry Lawler isn't terrible but Jerry Lawler versus Daniel Bryan, really? Come on. Like, come on, really? So, that was that was disappointing. I love Renee Young but it's like even she was not having that much fun as she... You can
0: she, tell she's not into it uh, as much as
1: she yeah, was. She, you could tell that she was pissed like, fuck this company for taking this show off the air because this was the best thing about SmackDown even when it hasn't been good. And oh god, they just ruined that too. So they're not doing SmackDown any favors with it, with what they've been doing recently, creative, uh, you know, creatively, decision wise, and shit like that. But here's hoping it gets better. Maybe Kenny Omega shows up tonight and uh, he wins the world title. But I'm not holding out any hope. We'll see what happens. Um, but that being said, like you said, Marlon, on on you know with some PMA here on on a positive note, great time breaking down the show with you. I'll say this right now. I know we discussed this before the show that um, I was gonna originally. So I, I recorded a two-part podcast with John, and I was going to do part, part two today, and uh, we we're only going to talk for like 30 minutes about the show. I'm looking at the time right now. We're going in, on an hour and 20 minutes, so I'm doing the whole show. This is great. I'm not complaining either, because this was awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do the whole show. This was great, and we'll do that part two next week. But I'm really glad we were able to spend the time talking Battleground, and if you know, if we weren't having fun, I would have cut the short, the thing, I would have cut short the show an hour ago. So this was a ton of fun. Definitely do it again. I know we haven't had you on the show in like two years, which is definitely going to change. I'm definitely going to have you again on soon. Uh, hopefully we can fit you into the schedule at some point in the near future. I know we've been, we've been trying to work this out for a while now. Great having you on the show though. But before I go off the air and right off into the sunset, once again, Marlon, where can the people find you on the Twitter machine and anything else you'd like to plug for the people?
0: Yeah, I don't got too much going on. Just at Marlon, the man on Twitter, uh... All I can plug in the future is my uh, future appearances on this show for now, for the time being, but that, I wouldn't have it any other way. I've had a lot of fun with you today, man, and I appreciate you having me back on.
1: Appreciate it, dude. Like you said before I got on the air here, four years almost to the day, you said from yesterday, right? Correct. That I had you on, I think it was Save Us GSM at that point, before Rant yeah. Radio came around, which was great then, great now. I think I had you on that show then, which was four years ago, like you said. I think the last time I had you on this show was two years ago, and now two yeah, years two, later. Two, so it's like two year intervals, but which is not gonna happen again. Like I said, we're not gonna wait until twenty nineteen <laughs> to do another show here on WrestleRant Radio. Uh, but it's been a blast, like you said, check him out on the Twitter machine at Marlin the Man, which is really all you need. When your tweets are as good and as golden as yours are, Marlon, That's all you really need is a Twitter. So much appreciated. <laughs> so uh great time talking to you man. I'll catch you down the road. Yeah, thanks, man. See you, brother.